0: Welcome to season four of Scrub Chat, a podcast of sharing stories by veterinary professionals for veterinary professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Kim Farina, a veterinarian, a writer. I've worked in the animal healthcare industry. And prior to that, I was an MTV journalist and radio personality. So yes, my career has taken me in lots of different directions. In each episode of Scrub Chat, I sit down and chat with a veterinarian or technician so they can share their own directions and journeys, what's worked, what hasn't, and how they've made it all fit. Thank you for joining me as we explore veterinary medicine combined with all the other aspects of our lives. And a big thank you to Zoetis. Zoetis has generously created these podcasts to help support this incredible profession. Today, Dr. Sandy San Miguel joins us on the show. Sandy is a board-certified veterinarian in swine health and management and associate dean for engagement and professor of veterinary clinical sciences at Purdue University's College of Veterinary Medicine. So thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Kim. I want to first tell everybody that you are super. I mean, you are super and you wear a cape. Maybe not all the time. But I uh, see, I do have proof with at least one picture of you wearing a cape, and it looks like you're flying through a dark purple sky with your hand in the air like a superhero. And right now, as I'm talking to you, we're FaceTiming, you're wearing a cape.
1: Yes, I wear my cape to work.
0: <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> so we're going to talk about this picture and what you're wearing in a moment. Um, but first, let's let let's talk about your background. So sure. you grew up in Maryland, uh, in Baltimore, and left to go to Purdue University to earn your DVM, your master's degree, and PhD. But you were a city kid and a first-generation college student in your family. So how did this all come together?
1: Quite randomly. <laughs> <laughs> there are always people in my life uh, that steered me in the right direction when I tried to mess things up. <laughs> so uh, I pretty much hated school. I uh, was gonna do many different things. I loved wood shop and metal shop. And uh, my metal shop teacher had a very profound influence on my life. I had some opportunities. I hated tests, especially those uh, standardized Scantron tests. So I would never read them. I would just color in the dots and uh, get pictures. And for some reason I would score really high. So in elementary school, they decided I was gifted in math and sent me to this camp. And it was readily apparent that I was not gifted in math or anything that the other kids were gifted in at the camp, but it was a residential camp. So the teachers didn't know what to do with me. So one of them took me outside and taught me how to juggle. And I spent the next six weeks juggling while the other kids were learning stuff. And, uh, came home and decided I was going to be a street performer. Money was good. I had a blast, got to work with lots of cool people. And I didn't spend pretty much all my time juggling and getting in trouble at school. And I got kicked out of high school. And my guidance counselor, Mrs. Hofflich, she said she would fix everything if I applied to college. So I was like, sure, I'm not going. (laughs) And we sat in her office and applied to college. And I got into college and pretty much continued on the same path. I went because it was a way to get out of home. I juggled, shot pool, went to class. And uh, I had this teacher, Alex Rowland. He was my organic chemistry teacher, and he was really cool. Uh, I was working about four jobs trying to stay in college, and I was going to have to leave because I couldn't afford it. He told me to clean the fish tank one day. And because I couldn't make rent and I was like, why is this going to make me reflect on my life? And (laughs) I cleaned his fish tank and he gave me my rent money for the month. And then I really wanted to do well in his class. Right. So there was a big test on Monday and I didn't go out with my friends that weekend. And I studied for that exam. And I remember I smoked it. I got 100 on that organic chemistry exam and I went to find my friends and they had all been arrested over the weekend. Oh. And that was a big turning point in my life. And Dr. Roland sat me down and he said, you know, what are you gonna do with your life? What do you wanna be? And I'm like, ah, I wanna be a professor like you. It's always been a teacher. And he gave me a research lab. So I'm a sophomore in college, right? And he dusted off his old lab and he gave me a project and he gave me jobs that I had to be at Friday night, Saturday morning at 7 a.m. and Sunday morning at 7 (laughs) a.m. So I couldn't mess up. He asked me what what I wanted to teach and I always was around animals. I was like, ah, maybe I could teach at a vet school because those kids are smart and they're probably serious, not like me. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, well, what kind of veterinarian? And I loved wood shop and metal shop. So I was like, I'm going to be an orthopedic surgeon for dogs (laughs) because that's the closest thing that comes to shop for me. So he helped me set that career path and I applied to Purdue and I got in and uh, turns out I'm not a very good surgeon, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, the hog folks took me, I was working as a secretary for the unit while I was in school. And they needed an extra person to come out in the truck for on a hop farm visit. Mm -hmm. And they invited me out and I just fell in love. Sounds like. So I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a hog vet.
0: So as a clinician, you provided care for swine for over a decade. You also specialized in infectious disease prevention and veterinary homeland security. So you were already like you were trailblazing because you're a female vet you're working with swine, you're working in infectious disease, you're authoring manuscripts and book chapters. Why did you not continue down that path?
1: I actually had some health issues. So two years after I graduated from vet school, I got severely allergic to dogs and cats. And I was able to practice with pigs for about 15 years before that caught up with me as well. So I had to Change career path, and, and how did was, you like? Did,
0: did was there was there
1: someone? Who was I like- do? I cried for a couple years now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, was there someone who was like, it? It just got to a point where you had to change, or was there someone there who was like, look, you can't survive like this. You have to change.
1: No, I pretty much was in denial for probably the last year, and then it got to the point where I couldn't breathe. So breathing wins. And- yeah. I had to find another path.
0: <laughs> right, right. So you became Associate Dean for Engagement at Purdue. And after all the research I did on you, I just want to say, I think that title is puny. It's <laughs> puny. A, it's puny? Because it doesn't give anyone any full picture of what you do. It's incredible. Tell us, what do you do? So what is
1: engagement? Engagement is developing mutually beneficial relationships. So I get to work with people from all different disciplines and bring them together towards a common goal. And, you know, my goal is instead of growing pigs, I grow vets now. (laughs) So I get to work with people, you know, do career development from kindergartners all the way to professionals. And I love it. I thought pigs were the best job ever, but This is pretty good. (laughs) And how do you grow a vet? How do you grow a vet? You just get people excited about life and find their passion and talk to kids, expose kids to all the different aspects of veterinary medicine and how cool it is and everything they could do. And, you know, I don't care if they want to be a vet in the end, but they'll know that they can be whatever they want. And there's people around supporting that. And and we're there. If you
0: decide to be a vet, that's great. I feel like we have two equally precious gems here because we have your commitment to diversity and inclusion and you've co-authored and co-edited actually the very first book published on the subject in veterinary medicine, which is incredible. And then you work with kids and you write for kids, you know, elementary school school kids or K through twelve to engage them in STEM careers. So I is there a relationship between all of this? I saw them as separate, but maybe they're not.
1: When we wrote the navigating diversity, and inclusion, and veterinary medicine book, we saw that as a call to action. And I think it that's everybody's job. That's everybody's role. And it's up to us to figure out where we can contribute the most. And I feel like for me personally, it was reaching a group that we don't normally reach out to. Normally we're reaching out to middle school, high school students, undergrads, because you get a quicker turn. but no one was reaching out to the little ones. And it's a long game. You have to be patient, but they might not be deciding in kindergarten, I want to be a vet but they're ruling us out if they don't feel welcome. I look at when I was that age, I have this, my book about me, how something that got passed on and it said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was seven and I wrote a human being. So I don't know what I thought I was, but that was my big career goal. (laughs) So I, I think I want to give some kids other options.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. You have this incredible ability to get grants for your programs. And in 2015, you were awarded a grant for inspiring future researchers in veterinary medicine with the This Is How We Roll initiative. Yes. Um, Now, we're going to talk about being a superhero in just a second. but, But unpack this This Is How We Roll initiative.
1: Well, it actually started about five years before then with a a grant, Fat Dogs and Coughing Horses. And that was to reach out to kids, but we we partnered with teachers. And we developed the curriculum for elementary school kids. And the teachers delivered it. And we were hoping we would get to be in the schools often, but we only got to go in once a year. And that was my first uh, program in my current position. And it was really life changing. So I went and I got all these books about veterinary medicine that I could buy off Amazon for little kids. And I put them in the classroom and I thought, you know, I'm crushing this. I've got this. And there was one kid, a lot of the kids read the books, but there was one kid and he spent all his recess and he wouldn't eat lunch. He, would, he read every single book in two weeks. And at the end, because it's research, we had a little post-test. Do you want to be a veterinarian? And he wrote, no. And or like, you know, what's up? And he said, I can't be a veterinarian. No one in the books looks like me. And he was an African-American third grader. And, and he was right. And that totally changed my career path. And we started writing children's books. And developing games in a curriculum where every kid could see themselves, could relate to somebody in the veterinary profession. And then uh, the second round was how we roll. Fast forward five years later, we really wanted to build relationships with kids. So we partnered with Community Center. And we had, and we kind of flipped the script, we kept our teachers because they were amazing but they taught us how to work with the kids. And we had the expertise with the curriculum with vet lessons. So we converted pretty much our four-year vet curriculum to a curriculum for kindergarten through fourth graders. And our vet students go out and I go out and my team goes out and we give vet lessons every week to these kids. And we do role modeling as well, so we give a little vet lesson, the students talk about something, and then we have a little activity that we do for about an hour, and we have a blast. So how we roll uh, started here. We developed 56 lessons uh, from our team. We have this amazing children's illustrator, Cheryl Nobin. She's phenomenal, and she makes all the books and the curriculum come alive. And we replicated the program. So the grant allowed us to launch how we roll chapters at 19 other veterinary colleges across the country. And every college has a team of vet students and faculty and staff and a community partner. So a community center or a school that works with underserved children. And they deliver the curriculum. So that that was the evolution of how we roll. R O L E.
0: Love it. I love it. And then in January, just this, just however many months ago, you are lead of the League of Vetahumans, which yes. is about veterinarians as superheroes. And you're wearing a cape. And I have this picture. So tell us more. Tell us more.
1: So that's the new thing. So all of these initiatives from Fat Dogs and Coughing Horses to How We Roll to the league, they were all funded by the National Institutes of Health, Science, and Education Partnership Award. And it's a phenomenal program. Uh, so we wanted to take things to the next level. And, you know, they we want to continue how we roll and expand that and reach, reach kids that live in proximity to vet colleges. But there's a lot of other kids out there and not everybody has access to a real live veterinarian. So this was to bring people together outside of academia. So we wanna include as many of the vet colleges as possible, but also veterinarians in industry, research, practice. Uh, Let's get everybody involved and promote all the programs we have to reach the pipeline. Promote each other, tell our stories. Unfortunately, our original slogan was "Masks off capes on, but we want everyone to wear a mask now, so we <laughs> drop that and we're just capes on <laughs> <laughs> and uh and then uh another initiative though I'll talk a little bit is a part uh how we roll continues, but we're gonna be developing superpower packs but n i h the uh, it was. Was the current lingo when you write grants, right? You have to use the right language. Right. So they wanted us to develop a, I believe, veterinary STEM ecosystem, which isn't really catchy. You know, if I said, hey, Kim, do you want to join our veterinary STEM ecosystem? (laughs) uh, I couldn't really get behind that. So that was in the grant. But once we got funded, it turned into the League of Vetahumans. Everyone wants to be a superhero. Right. So the VetaHumans story is, it's kind of a takeoff of DC Comics MetaHumans. I don't know if you're familiar.
0: I am. So
1: we're all born with a Veta gene, And during times of extraordinary stress, much like we're living now, <laughs> that gene gets activated and we get our superpowers. And our superpowers allow us to protect animal and public health so we can flip the narrative, right? Instead of getting bogged down in the struggle, think about what superpowers are you getting and how are you going to use them to help others. So that's the league. And uh in addition to telling our stories for kids that don't have direct access, the little kids, we're developing superpower packs. And the research part is to test the Batman effect. So this is Awesome research.
0: All right, what's this?
1: It is if kids pretend to be a superhero, assume that alter ego, and I'm sure it works with adults too. That's why I'm wearing a cape. They stay more focused in an activity and they learn more because they're not playing as themselves. So they lose all the self-consciousness. And if you ask a kid, how did you solve that problem? They'll answer, Batman did this. So we've invented superpower packs that we're going to be testing that you get a box, the kid gets a cape, you get a shield that you can color in and put on the front of your shirt, you get a role model card, so you get to learn about a veterinary role model who's an expert in a certain area, and then you get a game that you have to play and you're playing as that veterinary superhero. And we're going to see how close we can get to the impact of an in-person role model experience and then distribute these superpower packs to kids that don't, wouldn't otherwise have that access. Yeah. Wow. So that's the plan. I hope everyone
0: listening wants to join. Wow. Be a veteran human. Yes. See, I'm raising my hand. Count <laughs> me in support the cape fund unfortunately
1: nih won't support the cape fund so <laughs> we need to find other sources
0: <laughs> all right battle time battle you know everyone listens to this podcast you never know you know there are people who are observers and maybe are aware of problems and then there are people who do something about it and in your case you know you're not just signing a check, Sandy, or you're volunteering once a year. You've focused on an enormous issue, and you've yelled your battle cry. Why, why get off the bench and be a doer to this magnitude? I
1: guess I see myself as quite quiet. It's just, it's just me. Uh, it took me a while to figure out that, hey, I could be most impactful if I'm myself. And I love working with kids and, uh, you know, it's that paying it forward, right, of all the people that saw something in me and gave me second and third and fourth and fifth chances. It's just wonderful to work with the kids and my adults, our vet students are phenomenal And to watch them grow and work with the kids and develop their communication skills and their leadership skills and uh, seeing how it changes them as well as the kids. And we've been doing this long enough with the kids that we're watching them grow up. The ones we started with are in high school now. And And what are you
0: seeing? It's just
1: amazing. They're just all... uh, And they remember things that you told them and they stop by and say hello. They'll be riding bikes in the neighborhood. It's just a good feeling.
0: Yeah. Do you think if we were to rewind the tape on your life, what, and kind of look at things, what advice would you give to young people or veterinary students or veterinary technicians who are going through school? What have you learned that you wish you knew then?
1: I think if someone told me, I wouldn't have listened. (laughs) So I don't know how worthwhile advice is. (laughs) I, I think more, you know, I would say be yourself, find your thing. Anybody can learn information, but what you do with it is what's important. You know, it's not the degree; it's your experiences that you bring to it. It's your spin. You're the ones that are going to figure out all the new ways to solve the problems. Uh, this is this is just the base. It's what you bring to it, your uniqueness. So don't be afraid to be yourself and be unique and and use all of that. Yeah. Don't try to fit in the box. Tear the box apart. Thanks for the parts. I'm building something else. (laughs) Yeah. And use your powers for
0: good. That's the message I'm trying to get across now. Why not? Right? We're in this life, we have powers to do lots of things. Why not channel it this way?
1: I'm fortunate that I am in a position where I can do this, that I do have the time and the resources and the support to be able to do this.
0: What's been some of your happiest moments?
1: just every day is a happy last week I got a great happy I got a little letter from a kid you know the paper when you're learning how to write the the big paper with the thick lines and then the dotted line in the middle so you get your letters right yeah so I get find this envelope I'm terrible about opening mail so it came a little bit ago (laughs) (laughs) and I open it up and it's A Dear Dr. Sandy letter. It was from a kid that had heard one of my Facebook vet lessons. And she wrote that she'd been studying really hard in school so that she could use her powers for good. And I'm bawling. (laughs) Thinking, how cool is that?
0: Oh, man, that must have just your heart must have burst. Look. I mean, your eyes were bursting with tears and... My face was leaking and... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh,
1: my So God. moments, moments like that.
0: Yeah. They don't necessarily have to do these big, momentous things. It's these everyday yeah. So,
1: yeah.
0: Oh. Well, we're almost a- out of time. So uh, you're a superhero, though. So can- do you have the ability to turn back time so we can start this podcast gonna- again?
1: No, we can't. <laughs> Sorry, I would love to. (laughs) It's been fun. (laughs) Yes. Maybe that's your superpower.
0: (laughs) You know, that would be one of the ones I'd like, but that's incredible. What what else would you like to tell us?
1: I think that's all I have. I really appreciate being on the show, and I hope everybody gets inspired and wants to join the league and use your powers for good. (laughs) How do they join the league? How do you join the league? If you go to our website, it's vetahumanswithaz.org, you can click a button that says join the league. <laughs> and we will send uh, an application and we will be reviewing applications a certain number of times a year and selecting groups of vetahumans to be highlighted on the on the website. And uh, Dr. Tiffany Lyle will be doing a podcast in the future. We'll be picking one vet, a human every month.
0: That's huge. Who wouldn't want to be a part of this? Yeah, who wouldn't? And my producer was telling me that she joined, and her name is Felis Fantastica.
1: Yes, everyone gets a superhero name. I'm Pink Phoenix. So... (laughs) That one's taken. You're not allowed
0: to take that one. <laughs> Phoenix. How did
1: that come about? Um, My physical therapist. So for stress relief, for fun, outside of work, I like to lift heavy things. So I power lift and I need a team to keep me healthy. <laughs> and every time I break, my physical therapist and my coach put me back together and, uh, his logo, Bill Hartman, is a phoenix. So I thought, yeah, I'm going to steal that.
0: <laughs> and make makes it a good,
1: Makes a good superhero shield. Make yeah. it pink. And reborn from fire. Strong as iron. <laughs> that's the phoenix. And I think that's a good reflection for life. We're constantly overcoming struggles and being reborn.
0: Sandy, I am blown away. I am so glad I'm sitting down because if I was standing up doing this podcast, I'd be on the floor. I feel honored that, that you had time to talk to us. Well, thank you. It's an honor to be on the show. Scrub Chat is a podcast of sharing stories by veterinary professionals for veterinary professionals. Please remember to visit VetVance at www.VetVance.com and check out Zoetta's Commitment to Veterinarians on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to get more information about life issues such as handling student debt, reducing stress, communication skills, and reputation management. VetVance is also available as a mobile app on both Apple and Android devices. If you have any questions or comments, please send us an email at scrubchat at We'd love to hear from you. And please don't forget to share and review this podcast so we can produce more in the future. We are grateful to Zoetis for the support. Until next time, I'm Dr. Kim Farina, and this is Scrub Chat.